0: Which one do you want, Carlos? Just, oh, can I take that no. one? No. <laughs>
1: no? Okay. Yeah, I right. will take
2: my that. No, I'll water. take that. Is that alright? Yep. yep.
1: Have that.
2: What have you got for me, Jess? Oh,
0: here. You have that. You have that.
2: Whatever. Have that one? <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> Jeez.
1: <laughs> what is it that?
2: Thanks a lot, Jess. Kim. You're trying to poison me.
1: Tim. Mm. See, notice I didn't do that, right? I've got to live with me. this lady. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you, Jess. We do appreciate it. Um, just wanted to bring an update on vision builders before we kick into Daniel plan. So, uh, where are we at with vision builders? Firstly, I just want to really, genuinely applaud our church, Catalyst Church. We've had a small increase in our giving. We've had second year of our, our pledge Sunday. So, I guess many people have already had the opportunity of giving and we're remaining on course with that we have had a small increase and more pledges came in but your ongoing giving got to say this to this church is fantastic it is such an encouragement again this week uh, again overwhelmed with people continuing to give and honor the pledges that you've been giving and i do recognize that it's stretching many are going without and uh, you're still remaining faithful to what you've pledged and here's the truth this is the hard part, we're we're approaching halfway. We had the kickoff and it's awesome and we're redeveloping and we're talking about all these great things that we're funding, but when you hit the halfway mark, you you, you don't see the end in sight, the beginning's gone. In fact, at the moment, it's inconvenient, it's messy getting into church. The, The big crane out there, by the way, broke down and so it's sort of blocking the front entrance. We've got to walk around, walk around here, all of this is happening. But What we need is just the perseverance to keep on keeping on. And you guys honestly are are, are showing that in spadefuls at the moment. So just wanted to express that. Appreciate it, but but keep going the way that you're going and it will keep being an encouragement. And by the way, God's grace is so good. Just this week, we had confirmed we had a sort of on the edge. It was teetering a bit, just the chance of getting a a, sort of a grant or a pledge. And I won't go too far because we haven't seen this fully come in yet but we had confirmation that we're going to get a somewhat substantial pledge as well to the whole building program from somebody or a organization totally external to the church so God has been good as well so be encouraged but uh, let's keep on going as well all right well we made it we're in the Daniel plan 40 days to a healthier life here we are now I'm going to say a big statement to start and I, I really mean it's a big statement but you can change your life in the next 40 days. Yeah. You know, you really can change your life. I, I sat there yesterday looking at this and I thought, will I say that or will I not? And I, I am saying, I do believe it. I don't think that that is an over uh, or an exaggeration of, of a truth. You can change your life over the next 40, year, uh, 40 days. <laughs> It's going to be a long series. <laughs> we are going to drill this home, I tell ya. Whether you. Some of you may like die Moses. in the process. It's, a,
0: it's in the Moses in the Desert. Moses in the, the Desert.
1: Yeah. Oh, my goodness. a lot of analogies for 40, isn't it? By the way, these guys are, uh, are just going to chime <laughs> in like and join us. Tim has really like, got oh a passion <laughs> for park-to-park, park, so he's going to drive home sort of park-to-park park and help uh, really coordinate, run the 40-day uh, series and of course Jess is, just loves this subject so they're helping me out today. But I, I really mean it, if you buy in, you count the cost, you say I'm a part of this, you read the, the, the books and, and be a part of a connect group, you can change your life, you can do something incredible and, and substantial. If you're indifferent, uh, you'll get indifferent results, That's just, that's yeah. just the truth. So I encourage you, strap yourself in And let's be part of it together okay let's let's hit it this week we're talking about our physical health I do want to say this I had a lot of questions when when does the diet start now of course it's more than just a diet we we keep saying that it's really true you actually won't hear a lot about food from the platform on a Sunday we do we talk about the food in the connect group study so make sure you're in a connect group you can see Pastor John if you're still looking for that there's one meeting even today after the services so you can be a part of that of course you can always buy the book week two if you're wondering when does it start week two does focus on food so that will be a a kickoff of course you can buy the actual daniel plan book itself and we'd encourage you to do that if you really want to engage in this whole process so just be aware that's all a little bit ahead of us but there are these tips that are, are coming through and it's great so physical health just out of interest, what are, I, I sort of have four in my mind, but what are the absolute basics when it comes to physical health and getting our physical health right? You, you tell me. Sleep, good one, straight up. Exercise, you guys are right on it. Eating right, and the one other big one? Yes? It's a really obvious one. No? Water. No? Oh, did we say stress? Less stress. Oh, maybe I... Did someone say exercise? Have I got confused? Tim Tim said exercise. Okay, sorry. Exercise and uh, reduce your stress. Those things are critical. Now, what's interesting is I reckon we give anybody long enough, you probably would have come up with that list. So I'm not here today to talk about those four things, although you can look into them. They're important. We'll touch on them. What I want to talk about today is our motivation for sticking with something how many know that come new year we come up with a new year's resolution and it lasts a few days and it fades away and a big part of the reason for that is motivation we don't have our motivation right we preached a series on it if you want to podcast that and have a look at how you get motivation and 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 plans sorted have a look at that it was a series in january but today we're talking about the why why do we do this um we're a community of faith And we have a great advantage that we can be a community of faith, be a church and have a look at why God says health matters, why our physical body matters and what God has to say about that. And we can add that into our motivation. So I'm going to look at six reasons why and then we're going to just have a a quick look at a few spiritual principles that help our our faith at the end. So what does God say about the importance of our physical health. Let's have a read in the Bible. Brad Huddleston talked about this last week. 1 Corinthians 6, classic passage about the body. Everything is permissible for me, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible for me. In other words, I've got the freedom to do anything, but I will not be mastered by anything. Now, what is God saying here? He's saying that some things are not necessarily wrong. uh, They're just not necessary. Okay, so it's not necessarily wrong to eat French fries, but it may not be necessary. It's not necessarily wrong to own a cat, but it may not be necessary. You see how it works? It's not necessarily wrong to drive a Ford, but it's probably not necessary. The list goes on and on. It's not necessarily wrong to support New South Wales in the state of origin? Yes,
0: it is. Actually, it it probably is, is, isn't it? it?
2: That is wrong. wrong.
1: That is wrong. That is wrong. You? Sorry, that's, a, that's another category yeah. of evil that we'll talk yeah. about We'll talk about later on. You get what I'm saying. What the Bible's saying here is don't be mastered by anything. Don't let it be on top of you. I actually had somebody say to me in between services, what about coffee? I was sort of sh- like, <laughs> what, about, what about coffee? Are you going to mess with coffee? And that's an interesting question. Is it mastering you would mm. really be the question. I said, well, you know, you know as long as you're probably one a day is okay, and they nearly fell over when I said that. They were right up there on that (laughs) top end, okay? So maybe there's a mastering problem that you can apply this to so many areas of your life. Is that thing controlling me? Okay, let's keep reading. Food for the stomach and the stomach for food, but God will destroy both. In other words, you're only here temporarily, and food certainly isn't the reason you're here. The body is not meant for sexual immorality before the Lord and the Lord for the body. By his power God raised the Lord from the dead and he will raise us also. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? Flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a man commits are outside his body. But he who sins sexually against his own body, sorry, but he who sins sexually sins against his own body. Do you, not, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You are bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. Now, clearly, the context of this passage is primarily talking about our sexual life. Okay, there's absolutely no doubt about that. You can see that all through there. So, just a little side thought here. If you want to get some added benefit from even today's message, apply these principles even to your sexual health, uh, life, practices, and you'll get an added bonus as well. But we're going to apply them just to our bodies in general here today. So, what are these principles that we're talking about? We see six radical countercultural motivations that come from God about how we live. So,. Now, we've also got some handouts that I think they're being handed out right now, and some pens. Uh, You'll see them on the seats next to you, and you might, if you don't have one, have a look at an empty seat in front of you, there might be one on there. I encourage you, fill this in. Whack it on your fridge, because this is going to be important to remember. Uh, Just keep your hand up if you you want, there's plenty of people walking around with with, uh, pens and also the little handouts. Okay, so you want to fill this in on your notes. I'm going to move fairly quickly, number one. The first thing is God expects me to manage my body. So fill that in in your notes. I'm not the owner, I'm the manager. God is the owner of my body, but I'm just the manager. The buck stops with me. I cannot blame other people. I cannot point at other people and say, it's your fault that my body is like this. God says, it's up to you. You're the manager. My body is a gift from God. And my body is on loan from God. Which is an interesting thought isn't it when you think about that my body is on loan from god it's a bit like avatar right or something like that it's not it's not even my body I, it, it's on loan from god anybody everybody happy with the body you got think about that anybody think they got dotted by the body they got <laughs> i walked past shane uh, Webkey the other day in the airport that guy hit Payton. I'm telling you, with his, with his body. You, in the, you remember the footballer, Shane Webkey? He has a tank and he's used his body to, to make a lot of money. What about you, Tim? Are you happy with your lone body? Yeah, well,
2: because my body's not my own, but Michelle likes my body, so that's the main thing. Oh. Yeah.
1: Is that a little bit weird, what no, he just said? Weird.
0: Why did you ask him that question?
1: What are you saying? It's Tim. <laughs> Rightio. Good point. Don't ask Tim any more questions. (laughs) All right. Our body is on loan from God. So no complaints. But one day we're going to give account for the body that we have. God's actually going to say, what did you do? He'll say about all things, your mind, your abilities, your talents, your body. What did you do with your, your body? There's a statement that says something like this. We are just spiritual beings having a temporary physical existence. Have you heard that before? Where spiritual beings have a temporary Mm. physical existence. You know, this life is really about, uh, it's it's a preparation for what is to come. It's in some ways a test of how we use what we've been given. We've got to have a bigger Mm. perspective of our own life. God will say, what did you do with that health, that mind, the opportunities, abilities? What did you do with those things? So we've got to manage it. So this is a motivation to help us launch into these next six weeks. Second thing really leads on from the first is my body is actually God's property. It's not even mine. I don't even own it. Everything we see was created by God. We often say this about money. Your money is not your own. It was actually, it's lent to you for say 80 or so years. Just in your hands for 80 or so years. It's not yours, but it's yours to steward. What are you going to do with your finances? What are you going to do with your body? My body is God's property, the Bible says the body is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord. Why? Because it's His, and the Lord for the body. In other words, I don't have the right just to share my body with anybody, and neither do you. I mean, again, you you go into sexuality, things suddenly are very different when you understand it from God's perspective. It isn't your right, it's not your body, it's God's body, it's a radical concept. So what we often do, we we do make this mistake. The ancient Greeks actually had a I don't know a dogma or a doctrine around this. They called it dualism. And they basically said that, look, God gets your mind and your spirit, but we get our body to do with what we want. And they did whatever they want with their body. But the scripture here is saying that's that's not true at all. These things all belong to God. Don't see them as separate. See them as belonging to God. Number three, this passage teaches that my body will be resurrected after I die. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 6.14, by his power God raised the Lord from the dead and he will raise us also. It's like this is version 1.0 and uh, we're going to get version 2.0, like just a, a better version of what we currently have. It's it's a concept that we see best exampled in the life of Jesus. Jesus reappeared; we see for forty days. He walked the earth. He talked to hundreds of people. He ate fish. He transported from one place to the other. He walked through walls. It's it's incredible. Anybody here here a Star Trek fan? Anybody like Star Trek? You know, beam me up, Scotty. You know that. It's a bit. It'll be a little bit like that. We. I, I think it'll be an incredible experience, this physical body, but in a spiritual dimension. Very hard for us to fully understand, but we get this picture when we look at the life of Jesus. For some reason, my kids keep asking me about this one. They say, "How? What's it going to be like? How is that even possible?" And here's a question they ask, and I'm sure we ask: What about you know, grandma and grandpa? That they were, um," or great-grandma, great- that they were cremated, right? They understand what that means. How is it possible? But what about somebody who's been dead for hundreds of years? It's a very similar situation. That I don't fully understand, but I know God who created the universe, for Him it's a cinch, right? How He restores us. And there's some sense that it resembles the body that you had in your lifetime. So it's a mystery, but it's going to be fantastic. I, and, and I don't buy into the whole heaven's going to be Boring sort of deal, you know, where everything's white and we sit on clouds. We see that all the time. Right? This is this is the god of color, right? This yeah. is the god that created music and rhythm and taste buds and and all of these incredible things. Coke and iced tea, mm. and tropical juice. That.
0: God did not create that. that. Was the work of the devil. <laughs> oh right. <in> <laughs>
1: that's a pretty big statement you just made but you see what I'm saying it's going to be fantastic so we've got to consider that this carries on over into eternity and I don't have all the answers for that now a few mistakes that we make in this arena Circle by his power on your little piece of paper there by his power God raised the Lord from the dead this is one of the reasons why we don't stick with I don't know, diets and, and all of these types of things because we use willpower and not God's power. We use willpower and not God's power. And I think added on to that, I talk about creating healthy habits. Can you guys remember, we did a series at the beginning of the year and I had a little statement
2: about willpower. Tim, is it something to do with food? Willpower, no. It, does it eat something? Yes, it does. Yes, <laughs> right. You still can't remember it. Willpower eats. Eats. No. no. Habits. Habits eat willpower. For breakfast. For, for breakfast. Exactly. Yes. Habits
1: eat willpower for breakfast. It is just a common fact that you've got to establish healthy habits. You've got to change your way of thinking in all different areas of your life for you to stick with something. If, you, if it's all just about, I'm, I have a conviction, I'm going to do something. Uh, it's not going to last. It's very rare that that lasts unless you change the habits, you change your thinking. It's a bit like when you drive a car. You I don't know if you're aware of this, but you have to steer the car everywhere, right? It will go where you want. But you know, cars are programmed or the way they're built, they actually, if you're just driving, they will eventually slightly lean to the left. Anybody ever noticed that? They slightly go to the left. The reason for that is, in case you let go of the steering wheel they're at least going to go off to the left of the road that's that's the reason for that so they don't go into oncoming traffic and that's what it's sort of like in our brains and our thinking we have to we have to change that internal programming we we need healthier habits which is what we're teaching this is God's truth but we also need the grace of God his motivation his power to come in and change our life his spirit to come alongside us in all of this. You know, I want to say this, maybe you're here and you don't know about the whole church thing and, and God, and you don't understand all this, you, you're interested in this series. Can I say, firstly, you're so welcome to do that journey of exploring. But I would say, don't miss in the whole journey here, this revelation of God and His goodness and His, it's called His grace, His empowering grace to come alongside and empower us, and, and enable us to do things that we cannot do just in our own strength. Now, we work with Him. We get this truth into our life, but His power comes alongside. By the way, His grace also off offsets any sense of guilt. And i got to say that as you walk through this, you might feel guilty now. You might already go, I drink you know, five cokes a day, and I do this, and I do that, and I'm not, and I feel guilty. Don't feel guilty. It's never about guilt. Guilt is a terrible motivator. We're to be motivated out of love and acceptance, which is what Christ came for. So that's, that's grace in our life. The second reason we don't stick is the wrong motivation, when the goal is simply about me. Hmm. You know, when it's just about me, it's not enough to keep us going. Um, it's not always wrong, but it's not enough to keep us going. Or if it is, it can be unhealthy. We're at Fuel Men's Conference last week, and they had this incredible lady Who's, who's a psychologist and she does this and that and everything, but she, she gets up on cold winter's morning. She said, you've got to have a reason to get up on a cold, you've got to have a motivation to get up on a cold winter's morning um, more than the motivation to stay in bed, in bed. So you've got to decide ahead of time what your motivation is. That's why we're talking right now about our spiritual motivations for... Um, for going on with the things that God's got for us in this series.
2: Mm, and you need to try and do that regularly as well, don't you? Like you said, that making the habits. Because yep. I, I don't know about anyone else, but I hit the snooze button like three times, you yeah. know? Like if I'm in a, oh yeah, tomorrow morning, I'm, I, I, I'm going to I'm gonna get up early in the morning yep. and the alarm goes off and it's like, oh no, this is too comfortable in bed. So yep. I don't know if anyone else is guilty or if it's just me that does that. So.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and I think, I think it is just you, actually. <laughs> No, I think, again, you know, they would say about the habits is, is fine ways of, maybe you might need to bring in, they talk about scaffolding, bring in some scaffolding yes. in your life. So say you've got some sort of issue you're trying to break through and trying to do that on your own, mm. very hard. Some scaffolding might be that a mate rings you up and or says, I'll meet you at the gym. Mm. That's, that's great. Then you've made the decision ahead of time. So it, that's just a great truth about changing things in our own life. Uh, the third reason why we don't stick is when um, we try and do it on our own. When we try and do it on our own. It isn't, it isn't just going to happen when you do it on your own. You know, you are made for community. You're created for community. I just, I just talked about it and that's why the connect group element of this is where this thing turns into gold because we challenge and encourage each other. Maybe that feels a bit foreign doing that. Can I just encourage you push through? We've talked about it a few weeks ago, pushing through the fear in your life, even the fear to be vulnerable, the fear to say what Tim just said. I fail a lot. I failed in the past at this. Push through that. You'd be amazed. We are all in the same boat and encourage each other and support each other. When we mess it up, that's cool. Just pick each other up and all of that.
0: Um, It's interesting, I was talking to someone in the break, and um, she said there's studies out now that show, like with with stress, when we're undergoing stress, stress isn't necessarily a bad thing, it's kind of how we approach it, although there are uh, things that we might need to reduce in our lives, but um, stress releases a chemical in our brains which should drive us to community, that's what it's there for, it's to drive us to a group, so that in community, um, we can work through challenges and be encouraged and supported as we go through it. I thought it was very interesting. There's even a chemical underpinning of why things are better in a group. We have better results when we do things with other people. And for that reason, we, are through this series, have enlisted the help of three groups of people. And they're gonna, we're gonna follow their progress along the Daniel Plan. Um, they're gonna do video diaries every week. We're gonna show them at church. And we're going to track how they're going, the highs, the lows, the in-betweens, and and just um, follow along their journey. And we're going to have a look at these people in just a second. But to say that we're also encouraging anyone who feels like they want to be a part of this is that you can film your own video diary or film a healthy tip or something that's helped you. And you can pop that online on social media with the hashtag #EverydayCatalyst, And we can all follow each other's journeys very optional obviously but we'd really encourage you if that's something you might like to do film yourself pop it online
1: hashtag on Instagram everyday catalyst or on Facebook Facebook under catalyst church yep
0: and we're going to watch these AVs and I think there's more information at the end of that Hi I'm Linda I've been married to Neil for 33 years I really like what I've read so far in the book The Daniel Plan I like the fact that it's not just about food which is an area that I really, really need to look at because I just like food. I like to eat. But about, you know, exercise, healthy living, but also being in community uh, and your faith and your attitudes and your focus and the fact that we're going to be journeying this together and we can work this through and share the journey with one another in, uh, in our connect groups. I really, really like that. This making a video of yourself is a lot harder than I thought. Hi hi i'm anton and i'm Esther,
2: and we're married we have
1: two boys two young boys
0: mm. uh, eli is almost two in july and micah is six months today
1: probably about a year ago now we actually we did the daniel fast uh, it was a bit of a season where we were really seeking god and and i uh, just needed some insight and some clarity in our life and uh it was challenging and um, I guess from that experience it really changed our our approach on food and what we put in our bodies, but uh, I think this will be a little bit more exciting and, and challenging at the same time.
2: Uh, just- my name's Ben, um, I'm 18 years old, I'm currently studying commerce at USQ Springfield and I'm just currently walking to uni right now because I have my politics exam, and I thought this would be a good idea to talk about the Daniel plan right now. Um, so, yeah, what I hope to get out of the Daniel plan is uh, probably beat Tim Cochrane in the park-to-park 5K run. Uh, that's probably the main goal. He's got no if
0: you're not on social media, you can also just send it in by email to... um. Yeah.
1: Creative at Catalyst? Catalyst.com.au. Okay, yeah. I, I just wanna say, you know, we're really pushing connect groups, really believe in them. There is a connect group that meets straight after today. Yeah, we could probably one? slot you into that, see yeah. Pastor John about that. However, for some people, that's just impossible. There's many reasons for that. I would encourage you, that would be one way of connecting. Mm. Buy the workbook anyway, follow along, and perhaps post your progress up on one of those social media platforms and get a bit of interaction that way. That would be one way of being able to have a sense of I'm doing this together. You can download that, by the way. I I did it yesterday uh, just through amazon.com. You can download the workbook. Uh, I'm pretty sure though the Resource Center give you a way to do that that's a little bit cheaper. So you can certainly go and talk to them over in the cafe. Okay, gotta keep moving. Um, More about motivations. Going to move fast the Bible teaches my body is connected to the body of Christ you may not have heard that before but the Bible says our body is connected that's amazing to the body of Christ our body is verse 15 do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ himself that's incredible Ephesians 4 says it even stronger Uh, if you read that talks about the physical joining of the ligaments and the sinews as we all join and grow together you know we are physically connected. We are we are so important to each other. Wayne Kidero says it like this. He says, it's so that we serve each other well, we've got to have the right health. It might work like this. You get a prompting from the Holy Spirit to go and make a meal for someone, visit someone in hospital, mow someone's lawn, a hundred different things. Now, if you have low health, hmm. you, you've, you've eaten badly or sleeping badly, stressed out, whatever it might be, you are a lot more likely to go, ah, that's not important. Just keep driving, won't worry about that. But you've been looking after yourself. You understand I'm here to serve and suddenly have the energy to put it into other people. Okay, so we're connected. Fifth reason the Holy Spirit lives in our body. Verse 19, do you not know that the body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? This means he takes up residence in us when you study the scripture it's obvious in the beginning God resided in a tabernacle you know I've been to Israel into our like a mock tabernacle it was incredible the whole intricacy of the the whole thing nearly the, the size of a small football field well that's where God used to reside then he moved to a temple and Solomon built a temple and it was beautiful and again precise and done so perfectly into the temple but now, New Testament, He resides in us. we the temple. What a radical reason that is. It gives us yep. for understanding God dwells in me. Now, if you were walking down the street one day and you saw a beautiful little church and there were some vandals on the outside. I've got to be careful how close I go here. You see some vandals on the outside and they're vandaling the church. Man, Vandal. you, you, you're vandalizing, not vandaling, <laughs> you You'd, you'd be like, you can't do that. So you can't. You'd ring the police. You'd say, they're vandalizing a church. It's like, you know, a, a temple. It's a place of worship. There's just a sense that you, you don't do that in those sacred places. And it's not too dissimilar when we vandalize our own bodies. We don't look after our own bodies, and yet God dwells within us. I'm just not doing guilt here. I'm just doing a motivation for mm. following on. And and uh, getting these things right. Yeah, and I
2: like how um, Paul says, I discipline my body like an athlete, telling it to do what it should. Right. Yep. you know, So disciplines or trains, yep. you know, and telling it to do what it should.
1: Yeah, mm. that's good. It sort of leads into that point before, even about just in advance sorting these things out, but so that I can be a worshipper. Uh, Jesus bought my body on the cross. It's the final one. That's um, verse 20. You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. You know, Jesus bought us. Do you know how much you're worth? I mean, sometimes you just got to dwell on that and let that be the motivator. Mm -hmm. I encourage people, I reckon once a year, buy The Passion of the Christ and watch that movie just for the reality of what one man went through. He was God, but went through to save us and love us. Incredible. And he did it for us. He did it because he loved us. He did it because of our value. We were bought at a price. You know, if you guys owned a incredibly like a million dollar racehorse, what would you feed? How would you look after that racehorse? Not a hard question.
0: Food.
2: He'd give it the right stuff.
0: Right. right stuff. I mean you Water. would
1: you would, you know, you wouldn't feed it sugar no, or coke.
0: would
1: not. Or, you know, junk. You would if you had this prized possession. You'd feed it so well, you would look after it. Now, we're worth, we're worth more than a, a racehorse. We're in infinitely valuable in God's sight. So we look after our bodies. Okay, so where are we at here? Oh, sorry, one other thought. Romans says, I urge you, brother, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. You know, it doesn't say your soul, your spirit. It says actually your body in this, in this case. Offer your body. Again, we separate things out. We have to offer our body. Sometimes people say, have you ever had this? I'm sorry I can't be at your party, but I'll be there in spirit. Has anybody ever heard that? What does that mean? It means I'm not going to be at your party, right? It's a nice way of saying I'm not going to be at your party. I might give you a thought or something like that. The scripture is saying there is our physical bodies matter. How we worship God is linked to our physical bodies, whether we serve, even how we look after our body. Is a form of worship. So let's summarize all of this together. It's not just so you can look good or you can feel good, live longer, they're not, they're not bad motivations but because God created my body, Jesus died for my body, God's Spirit lives in my body, I'm connected to Christ's body, one day I'm gonna have a resurrected body, I'm expected to take care of my body and I'll give account for my body. Great motivations, spiritual motivations for walking through this series. Okay, I think we've done well, that's, that's the most of the message done, but Tim's... T-tatter.
2: Okay, right, I think we've been sitting still for too long, and it was a bit of a cool morning this morning, so I think we can engage somehow, so I want to invite everyone to put, who can, put your two hands up in the air like this. Right, okay, everyone's got their hands up, good, okay, now while your hands are up in the air, can I just ask you to stand up, please? okay that was easy keep your hands up in the air nice and high like that that was easy now can i invite you to sit down again but keep your hands up keep your hands up everyone's sitting down right keep your hands up good now can we do that again everyone up great and then can we sit back down again keep your hands up nice and high sitting down everyone's sitting down right out now here we go here comes the fun part We want to do a world record at Catalyst Church for the Mexican Wave, starting from the front to the back. So while everyone's got their hands up, starting from the front, the first row, then second row, then third, we're going to move our way to the back, and then we're going to keep on rolling that through, okay? So everyone along the front row, who's able to, if you can, stand up now, second row, third, fourth, here we go, down, that's it, good. First row again, here we go. Yeah, great. We're going to do this
0: a few times, That's it, here we
2: go. Come on, let's do it another five times. Come on, let's do this. Let's work it. Let's work it from the front again. There we go. Oh, it's a fast wave, isn't it? Wow, <laughs> look at this. Come on, we've got another 50 in us. Let's go. Oh, Come I on. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's good. Give yourselves it's a, a clap. Of, that's a tsunami of energy. Wow.
0: Typical trainer, just watching everyone
2: do it. Yeah, I was tired just watching everyone <laughs> do it. I just, love,
1: I just love the engagement. I love all the little bits of flat pieces of ocean that I saw out there. <laughs> Michael Liss moved about this much the first time and then just went Nah. (laughs) For the rest of the time. That's all right, you see? You see everything. All right, thanks, Tim. Appreciate it. Okay, I'm really moving fast. Four other little principles. Psalm 119 73. The Bible speaks a lot to us. It says, You made my body, Lord. Now give me sense to heed your laws. The scripture is full of great thoughts about how we live our life. Here's a challenging thought. Sometimes I think we can come to God and ask for a miracle, right? Sometimes we say, why doesn't God heal like He did or like I would expect? But we come forward and we ask for a miracle. And then in the background, this is what's going on. We're basically saying to God, look God, for 40 or 50 or 20 or whatever years I haven't eaten well, I haven't exercised, I have slept badly, I've lived a stressed out life and now I'm a bit unwell... And I would like you to do a miracle and fix me in this moment. That's like, that's challenging. I'd just like you to sort that out. Would you you do that? Now, I think God says to us, I'm not doing you any favours to just miraculously fix you in that moment. I'm interested in you as a person. I want you to get some of the fundamentals right. Now, does that mean that everybody who's sick has reaped it? Of course not. We know the the nature of sickness. That is a big generalization. But it's a challenging thought for us that God gives us a body and He wants us to steward it. Sometimes there might be a reason why He's not healing you like you expect Him to do that. He wants you to learn. So what are some of the scriptures that we can apply or teachings that you wouldn't read about in a nutritional book that apply spiritual principles that affect our body? Proverbs 3 gives a few. Verses 1 to 10. Keep my commands in your heart, says God, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you prosperity. So, good health. Trust in the Lord with all your hell, heart. Lead not on your own understanding and all your ways. Acknowledge him. What is he saying there? He's saying, trust me instead of worrying. Don't get stressed out. Live a peace filled life. Don't try and figure it all out. And he will make your path straight. Path straight is like an analogy for integrity don't be wise in your own eyes so live a life of humility but fear the lord and shun evil this will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones why your bones because we know that marrow is in your bones and then that that produces um, blood and healthy blood honor the lord with the first part of your wealth that's generosity talked about giving earlier the first fruits of your crops when your barns will be filled to overflowing so what do we see we see peace when you trust god Integrity, as you past is straight. humility, not being wise in your own eyes, and generosity. If you live a life of peace, integrity, humility, generosity, you're going to be better off. There's a direct connection between your spiritual health and your physical health that we get from Scripture. Let's look at these. Number one, trusting God is good for your health. Why? Because you're not worrying. Craig Groeschel, a preacher in the US, he says it like this. He says, if you worry, he, he calls us a, a, a practical atheist. Practical atheist. You're basically, as a Christian, having a little portion of atheism. You're basically saying, God's not real in this area of my life. I don't mm. believe He's real. I don't trust Him. I don't think He's in control. Just, just practicing my atheism for a few moments. That's, that's challenging to us. Psalm 116.7 says, I said to myself, relax, because the Lord takes care of you. That's a great scripture to put on your, in your fridge, that one. You know, we've had this lesson for the last few months ourselves as a church. I think many of you are aware that we've been going through an issue as a church. About three months ago, uh, we discovered one day that we had close to a $400,000 bill that was totally unjustified, totally not right totally undeserved but was being placed on on the church with basically a demand to pay that bill and i've got to tell you something i like to get things right but i didn't get it all right at first and for me i i didn't trust god it wasn't wasn't like in that few moments or days at the beginning there i struggled with that i'll tell you what it did to me i didn't sleep well it it nodded me up there was tension in my body I could feel it, it all express, expressed its way out into my physical being and I think this is true for so many of us, so many of us go through these, these struggles in life. Now God's grace is good, He's not mad at me for not getting that exactly right but you know somewhere along the way, I'm no hero, but somewhere along the way I recognized God, nothing had changed, we were, in fact at one point it got worse It just was like can this get worse yep it just got worse and i thought god i can only trust you in this i just had the revelation i think of god's truth come to me you can only trust me carl in this situation so i chose to trust him and you know what i found i slept better peace returned that that tension left my body it wasn't like i was unconcerned it wasn't like it didn't matter wasn't like we were working towards it but something changed for me When I began to trust God. Now, just actually to to get close to the end of the story, we're still not finished, but just this week, Monday in fact, we received through lawyers written, formalized, contracted, locked in, confirmation that the other party who always owned that bill uh, and should have paid that bill is going to pay the bill Mm -hmm. in its total and entirety, you know and ah that was such a relief such a blessing God's grace on it on us but really the the lesson I'm trying to express here is that we need to reach that level of trust before the breakthrough comes right and I'll tell you the truth if something terrible happens and and I would say keep praying about this issue if something terrible happens and it reverts then we still trust God we still don't want to lose our peace
0: Carl, you were talking, you said a lot about trusting God, and I thought, you know, what does that look like practically though? And I was thinking, if I meet someone new, I'm not gonna straight away trust that person. It's someone new, I don't know anything about them. So for me to build trust, I'm going to need to spend time with that person, have a conversation that's deeper than just surface level. I'm gonna have to go a bit deeper. I'm going to have to maybe be in their home or they're in my home, spending a considerable amount of time with this other person before I learn to trust them. And that's exactly, I think, where trust comes from in our spiritual walk. We need to be spending time with God in His Word, in our prayer life, having a Sabbath day where we just sit and we, and we you know, think about the goodness of God in our lives. That is the only way to build trust. It's not just something we can go and do. We need to be knowing our Father, right. knowing God, and then trust will flow.
1: Great. And I think with that, it's, it's exactly what you're saying, but it's growing levels of trust as well. Right and suddenly we're at situations. I mean, I I honestly feel like we've we've broken through this situation. You know, I I feel equipped to take on some of these Mm. other things that certainly as a church we will face into the future. Proverbs 14.30 says, A heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. You know, here's a statement. It's not just what you eat that matters. It's what eats you. It's not just what you eat that matters, it's what eats you. What's eating you up? Is there envy in you? Is there bitterness? Is there anger at somebody? Mm. You know, those things, they're poison to our body. It's a spiritual principle that has physical implications. And this might lead to number two, confess your sin. You know, confessing your sin is good for your health. You talk to any psychologist, secular or not, they'll tell you it does people great benefit to let go of these these things and speak them out, you know, just to come clean. I love watching those shows at, on late night TV where the uh, the murderers get caught. Anybody, uh, I don't know if you watch those shows, but you watch them and they get caught and they get interviewed. and It amazes me how for two days they lie through their teeth and say, oh, "I wasn't there. I had nothing to do with." It. They lie and they lie and they lie. And interrogators are so good and they break them down till finally. Most of the time, they break down and they say, I did it, I murdered him, and they, they, they spill it all out. And so often you hear this comment, you know what, it just feels so good to tell you that. Even though by saying that, they're going to jail for the rest of their life. They would rather that than this constant weight of not of having this thing. You know, confession affects our health. It, it matters in the big deal, and it matters in the small little things. That's why James tells us to confess to each other again it's why groups matter why we confess certainly before god and we let go of these things again his grace is available to us again if you are here journeying through not too sure about god this is one of the most beautiful things about our relationship with god we can say god i am not good enough but you are good enough god my life is full of brokenness there are things gone wrong in the past There will be things wrong in the future. But I can confess it. I can give it to you. I can swap my sin for your righteousness, for your goodness, for your wholeness. That's the gospel that empowers us. Suddenly we live a life not born out of guilt, but out of love and grace. Suddenly we know we matter. We're empowered to follow Him. And it's where confession takes root. Why confession matters so much and lets us live... A life of peace. Number three, giving generously is good for your health. We've talked plenty about this, studies prove that generosity is good for you, it's good for your heart. Every time I give, my heart grows bigger. The release of materialism, it releases me from that sense that materialism owns me. Now there's so many promises in the Bible about generosity and giving and I think it's because God is such a generous God, a giving God. He calls us into that sort of relationship with him. That's why we encourage as a first priority giving to the local church because it's a fundamental truth and I do believe that it affects your physical health. Proverbs 11.25, a generous man will prosper. He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. So true. Finally, number four uh, is a great one. Having fun is good for your health. You know, Bible teachers, enjoy life. Having fun is good for your health. Jess and I uh, head off on long service leave this week. And um, by the way, yes, I have been called a fraud more than once this week because we are starting a healthy living series and we're chuffing off, all right? Yes, we're, we're driving lowering away. our stress.
0: Sorry? We're lowering our stress and relaxing oh, yes. for eight weeks. That's good taking
1: it very seriously so you know and spare a thought for us you guys are gonna have all this beautiful truth and we're gonna miss out on all of that all right so i really mean it you guys are gonna have a ball for this this season we're away but um we're gonna have fun that's what we're gonna do just like you should be looking to insert moments of fun into your week and into your day are you like when's the last time you just laughed what Mm. what what makes you laugh that's a great question to ask do you, what what do you enjoy? I have so many ministers that are ahead of me on the game say, make sure you enjoy something in life. What's your hobby? What just releases you? God is God loves that. He loves you to enjoy your life. Now, not you don't overdo anything. He loves you to enjoy your life. Proverbs seventeen twenty two: A cheerful heart, humorous, laughed, loving, is good medicine. But a crushed spirit dries up the bones got to put some fun in your life. So to wrap all this up, in John chapter 5, Jesus is walking down the street and he sees a paraplegic who's been that way for 38 years, the scripture tells us. He's sick and he's lying there. And Jesus says a really interesting thing to this guy. He says to him, do you want to get well? Oh, what an amazing thing for him to say, but I think he wanted him to answer that question. And that is the question that we have here today. Do you want to be well? Do you want to be whole? Where do you want to be in six weeks? Where do you want to be in one year? Do you want to be well? Do you want to have a healthy smile, a strong body, you know, a sharper sort of mind, strengthened in our spiritual walk? For some, that's going to mean just a strengthening of faith. For others, it might be an engagement with Jesus Christ for the first time ever. Jesus, asked the question, do you want to be well? I would encourage you, sign on wholeheartedly, join that group, buy the book, but really engage and, and answer Jesus in the question that he asks us. Let's, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, for just your encompassing truth that it touches all areas of our life, that the physical matters to you as much as anything else. God, you call us to greater and better things, not because you're mad or you're angry, because you love us. Your grace is there for us. So I pray for all of us, God, let us receive your truth. Let us be called to better things. Let us do it well in community. And Lord, I pray that at the end of it, Lord, we really do have a life that is different, but not because of our strength, because of your grace, because of what you're doing in us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.